1: So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at
2: wellsfargo.com slash active cash. You know, our trusted partner tire for their fast free shipping
0: just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Collin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff Three and Out Podcast Pack Show today. Little Mark Davis Raider drama. Richard Sherman, Amazon, Kenny Pickett, starting for Pittsburgh. He's not yet, but he should be. Pete Carroll trying to sell us on uh, old Drew Locke. And uh, some thoughts on OTAs. Football is happening now, really. I mean, on the field, at least, moving forward, right? OTAs until summer break. So uh, let's buckle up. Let's get ready uh, and enjoy it. I mean, we're going to start having real practices. They're in shorts and T-shirts, but... Everyone's on the field, coaches talking. Keep us going till uh, the middle of June. So excited. And uh, need you to subscribe to the podcast. If you listen on Colin's feed, subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. I also need this. We do the Middlecoff Mailbag. We do it every Tuesday, and we do it every on the weekends. But I'm out of questions because the way I do this, a lot of you guys have questions. But if you've asked a previous question, you go just into my inbox, When you've never DM me or never asked a question and you ask your first question, you go in this separate inbox so it's easy for me to find and I'm out of those. So we're not going to have a mailbag on this podcast, but if you haven't asked a question, go to at John Middlecoff is my Instagram, slide up into those DMs and ask anything you want. It can be football related. It can be life related. It doesn't matter. You know, with summer. We talk about whatever now, but obviously we do a lot of football questions, but if you got something else, I don't care. But for those of you that I'm hesitating, this is how we... This is our calls. This is basically the callers and the podcast game. So, fire in those DMs, and uh, I'll do a big, big mailbag come this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we got a podcast Tuesday. We'll have another golf podcast Wednesday. Some information coming out about Phil and Tiger, and then we'll rock and roll from there the rest of the week. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's start with uh, a franchise... Formerly known as the Oakland Raiders, previously of that known as the Los Angeles Raiders, and before that, they were the Oakland Raiders, but they're now the Las Vegas Raiders. And they have had a lot of turno- turmoil and turnover in the front office. And last week on Friday, something really jumped out to me. The Raiders, I, I was lucky in my start of this career, before when I worked on Terrestrial Radio, I, I got to be around them a lot. And around these parts for a while, people thought I was a hater. Let me just say this. I I've had more interaction with Mark Davis than any other owner in the NFL. And I always enjoyed him. I, I thought he was pretty cool, very down to earth. He's pretty unique. You know, I mean, he's not he's probably not your normal NFL owner, but in terms of communicating with, was always very easy. Now I did not always see eye to eye with the organization. A big reason that I owe them a big thank you, because without them, who knows if my podcast streaming career would be where it's at. When I was on Terrestrial Radio, I was associated with them. I did their post-game stuff, and we had a breakup. Well, they divorced me, uh, because they didn't like the way I talked about their team. And listen, I from their perspective, I completely understand. But here was the thing that I learned when I was in that role. Their team was not like a lot of NFL, a lot of other NFL teams that had people coming and going. I mean, they fire a lot of people like any NFL team, but their core people in the organization had been there 30, 40, some 50 years. But the people that I dealt with on the business side, who were also Mark Davis's right-hand men, were had been there for multiple decades, had started at the lowest rung in the organization. They were just very loyal to the Raiders and they'd seen it all, right? The 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 highs of John Gruden, the lows of Al Davis, then the kind of the turnaround of the franchise, the move of the franchise. It's not normal. But also it has its perks of being kind of a cool, unique, it has a collegiate feel. I as a lover of sport and as a lover of the NFL, I enjoyed the power of the brand. But the one thing with Mark Davis, and I've said this over and over and over again, the league wants him out. The league wants to get a rich owner to run that franchise just like the Washington football team commanders commanders. The difference though is Dan Snyder financially has no issues. Self-made billionaire has a ton of cash. Mark Davis never had a job until his dad passed away and he took over the team. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. I even think he's got on record and said that. So Dan Snyder and him are completely different. You know, the way they're viewed in the league in terms of their capabilities of money and finances for the league, but I think they're viewed very similarly as we want to remove these guys. But as we've seen in other sport leagues, it's very, very difficult to remove someone. Very difficult. And these are not public companies where you can like, you know, it's very hard. Even though they are public, but they're privately owned. We all know it's complicated. Well, on Friday, the Raiders had a press release of relieving the duties of Dan Vantrelli who became the president last year after the Raiders fired the former president, who had been with the Raiders for like 30 years, Mark Bedain, who I dealt with and as loyal of a Raider as anyone not with the last name Davis. Loved the Raiders. He ate, breathed, and sleeped it. like It was his life. So when that happened, it was a big deal. But then we later found out that he screwed up some money and overpaid Oakland millions of dollars. And the Raiders are not... The Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, they can handle that. Like every penny to them is a big deal, even with this lucrative move. Well, then on Friday, when they did the press release of Vantrelli has been fired, we'll have no further comment. That is not normal because even when Mark Bedane was fired by Mark Davis, he had a long written statement thanking him and wished him the best, even though that he had lost him a ton of money. Because Mark Davis and the Raiders are very close to the people that have been there a long time in their organization. It's it's like a mom-and-pop shop, but a billion-dollar operation. So when he did that, my, my antenna and red flags went off. I went, up, oh, something is up. Started texting around. And then a couple hours later, it comes out that the vice president or the president that had been relieved of his duties had turned Mark Davis in for dealing with women inappropriately and had gone to the league office. And then I started texting around and a couple people said, do you think it's a coincidence that the NFL, who is run by people from the Northeast, the Northeast New York City elites, Roger Goodell and his crew, when Roger Goodell vacations, he goes to Augusta. That's Augusta National. That's where he's a member and plays golf. Probably heads down to Florida or the Bahamas. People in the Northeast stay on the East Coast, just like people on the West Coast. We kind of stay on the West Coast or go to Hawaii. That We don't kind of cross-pollinate. When I lived in Philadelphia, I knew a lot of people that had never been to Las Vegas. I don't blame them. It's a long flight. You can go to other places on the East Coast and do that. Hell, you can get for the same distance I never made the trip, but I'm pretty sure from New York City to England as New York City to Los Angeles. Five-hour flight, right? So I understand the difference of mindsets. We're two separate cultures. Well, what happened last week? The NFL came to Las Vegas and they saw what, and I'm not saying people from New York or Philly or Boston or whatever or Washington have never been to Vegas, but they just don't spend time like we would. I literally could get in a car when I scouted. I spent a ton of time in in Vegas because you could drive five hours from LA, five hours from Arizona, you know, six and a half hours from where I lived in Fresno. It was very easy to get there. Driving, I, I could hop in a plane right now. It's 45 minute flight. And one thing you notice when you're there there. It is a worldwide cash cow. All you think when you're in Las Vegas is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Well, Roger Goodell and his crew spent the week in Vegas. What do you think they left realizing? This has to be the most underutilized market of all of our markets, and we're having success here. This thing should be one of our stalwart brands. Las Vegas Raiders should be... You know, in the next 20, these businessmen are always looking forward, not backwards. Why can't this be one of our cash cow brands? And we don't think Mark Davis has the capabilities because when I was around the Raiders, they always took a lot of shit and rightfully so of not having any money and more, more than that, not being able to generate any money because, and they were in, in uh, Silicon Valley in Northern California, where we have an unlimited amount of money for the rich people. And the 49ers have no problem. Joe Lacob's $700 million in revenue a year at Chase Center. The Giants are one of the biggest revenue-generating teams in all of Major League Baseball. This is an area on the West Coast, also like Vegas, where cash flows. And there are major corporations. But Vegas, or I mean the Raiders at the time, could never figure it out. And now I think Roger Goodell and his people see, well, we got ourselves an underutilized asset. And they have been thinking this for a while. But once they lay boots on the ground and kind of feel the experience, they know they got a problem. Now, listen, I, I he can't make this up. But one thing I had heard about this president that they had just fired, he's as cutthroat as it gets. And he's no dummy. He knows. Now, Mark Davis, for, there would have to be substantial stuff there for them to get an ouster. But what if there was? What if this president realized, if I go to Roger and I cut a deal, if this guy, who I've heard is a a very cutthroat lawyer, turns out in the future to be a lawyer for the NFL, if they're able to get rid of Mark Davis with this, you'll know that a deal was cut behind the scenes. I got dirt on Mark Davis. I'll come to you. You make me a made man, and I'll give you the dirt to be able to remove him. But he's going to fire me, but you're going to take care of me. Maybe make me one of your lead counsels with the NFL. Win-win for everybody. I think Mark Davis, listen. This is not good because they have been looking for a reason. Think about Dan Snyder. But the difference with Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder is a self-made billionaire. Dan Snyder created all his wealth. Dan Snyder created all the transactions. Mark Davis didn't create anything. His dad wouldn't even let him be a part of the team when his dad was alive. The only time he got his to be in control, his dad had to die He was not—they would fly home when his dad was alive, and he wasn't allowed to be on the flight. His own dad didn't really like him, which I feel bad. Like, it was a toxic relationship. But to this notion that the league will do anything and everything to get Mark Davis out of there. Because here's the thing. Of all these teams that are becoming available, the Denver Broncos, if they ever could get the commanders on the open market, we saw how much Carolina went for a couple years— Do you understand how much the Las Vegas Raiders would go for in the open market? They would go for more than the Denver Broncos. Tax haven, no state income tax, the amount of money that comes there, the amount of money you have in the corporations around you, it is a sleeping giant. The stadium, from I've never been there, but from whatever I've been told, it is incredible. Uh, That place is made for football. Gambling literally was made for the sport of football. So I, I would say this that I, I don't know I'm not you know I, I can be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist but it cannot be a coincidence that a week after the draft went there and Roger Goodell and his and his crew got to be just kind of really feel Vegas and realize God we got to do something and then the story comes out a week later and his president gets fired after his president who had been with the Davis family for decades who this guy had created that Mark Davis made this guy the president and they takes him down. I don't know, man. It's not a good sign for Mark Davis. They're coming after him. They've been coming after Dan Snyder forever, and he's fought him off. He's more capable, as crazy as that sounds, than Mark. I, I would say Mark's in trouble. Uh, the the uh, They're not even hiding anymore. They're-, they're coming for him.
2: The playoffs are here. You can make every game feel like Game 7 on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. FanDuel's hooking you up. Free bets through the playoffs. Free bets. Doesn't matter if you're a new customer or already have an account. Be sure to check out the app, exclusive weekly same-game parlay promos. FanDuel's got so many ways to play. Best of all, when you win, you get paid faster than a fast break. If you're new to FanDuel, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up with the promo code COLIN. If you already have an account, you're all set to get in on the action. Either way, you'll get an assist from Fanduel when you've had a same-game parlay during the playoffs. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana OPENY or text H O P E N Y 467369 in New York, Tennessee. Red line 180-889-9789-Tennessee. Visit 1-80-GAMBLE.net in West Virginia.
0: Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users John, that's linkedin.com/slash/john to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Another story that I saw today that I, I just think's kind of been brewing is part of drafting Kenny Pickett. And I know Steeler fans have been on me, like you don't like Kenny Pickett. Listen, I, I'm not emotional about this stuff. I, I just don't really like weak arm quarterbacks. That's that's not really my, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins. Even Dak Prescott, like those aren't my style. I like bigger arm guys. That doesn't mean I didn't like Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, but those guys are outliers. But most of the type quarterbacks I'm going to like are going to be big arm guys. I I like guys like Justin Herbert. I like guys like Josh Allen. And honestly, I I lean even when I fail with the bigger arm guys. So Kenny Pickett is just not my style. But part of drafting a ready-made Mac Jones type player is to start him immediately. Because part of taking a huge swing on a Justin Fields, on a Trey Lance, on a Josh Allen, is the next decade. I am trying to hit a grand slam walk-off in the World Series and get one of the best quarterbacks in the league. When you draft Mac Jones or you draft Kenny Pickett, he's not going to get that much better. You're kind of getting a ready-made player. So part of drafting a ready-made player really high, use him. I'll give the Patriots a lot of credit. Last year, I would not have drafted Mac Jones, even though obviously Mac Jones is better than anything they had, so it worked out in the short term. But big picture, I don't ever see him being a top 10 quarterback. And I can't take a quarterback in the first round that I don't believe has the upside to be a top 10 quarterback. Now, listen, I could be wrong. Maybe Belichick would argue with me. Maybe Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert would argue with me. Obviously, those guys are really accomplished you know, at their jobs. Now, I would say this to both guys. Beside Brady and beside Roethlisberger, you know, I mean, Belichick went with Cam Newton two years ago. So it's not like he really had a pivot. Now, in fairness to Belichick, he was forced to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo was supposed to be a Steve Young. And as we've learned, he's not Steve Young, not really even close, but he clearly would have been an upgrade. And they wouldn't have to go through the Cam Newton in 2020. And it would have been an easy transition. But Tom was still playing well. They, They were stuck. The Steelers, as I've said over and over, beside Roethlisberger, I've seen them draft quarterbacks. They haven't even been remotely close. Dobbs stinks. Mason Rudolph will get cut this year. Well, signing Mitch Trubisky, and we've seen his contract, it's not that much. It's a backup level contract. We also saw Mitch Trubisky play. He's average as the day is long. Good guy, tries hard, athletic, big arm, not very accurate. I don't trust to make basic throws. So Kenny Pickett, now the difference between Mitch, Mitch can operate as a backup. Cam Newton, you know, it was a tough spot when uh, when they drafted Mac Jones. Mitch, who cares? Like, he's not a big enough personality. Part of Cam had been the previous year starter. You had to get him out of there so it could be Mac's team. You don't have to do that here. Mitch can stay on the team. But I, I see no, I, if I was a betting man, I would 100% bet on Kenny Pickett starting week one. Because one of the things Kenny Pickett hangs his hat on is being an accurate quarterback. One of the things Mitch Trubisky struggled with was being an accurate quarterback. So the reason you draft Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett is because of their accuracy, right? The reason you can quote-unquote overpay Kirk Cousins is his accuracy. It's my issue with Dak. Like, I remember when Dak was a pinpoint guy and then I watched him like the last month of the season in the playoff game. It's like, where's his pinpoint accuracy? He feels a little off. Like when you don't have a big time arm and you're going to be Philip Rivers, you know, in the Peyton Manning, obviously those guys are the best version, but you got to be pinpoint accurate cuz you're not going to be some explosive down the field thrower. So I I think that Kenny Pickett hasn't even been on the field yet. I will be stunned if he's not the starter. One story that broke today from rap sheet uh, and I saw some other people in the in the media realm was that Richard Sherman is intoxicated with Amazon. Obviously Amazon has the Thursday night football package starting week 2. I think they got 16 games or whatever all season long and I've said over and over if you don't have Amazon Prime in 2022, that's a you problem. <laughs> like you you are I'm sorry, a little archaic. Like every single human I know has Amazon. They literally get things delivered to their house. And through that, if you get Amazon Prime, you get free delivery. And what does that mean? You get access to Amazon Prime, their streaming service, which can be a little hit or miss, but they got the NFL now. So if you're an NFL fan and you want to watch Thursday Night Football, you know get the get Amazon Prime. Again, most people have it. Here's the other thing. Well, smart TVs. I, I don't know that many people that don't have smart TVs. Well, I don't have a smart TV. They're not that expensive. Even in the time of inflation. You know an underrated part about TVs in this crazy time of everything's been inflation? their prices have stayed pretty low. Like you can get, hell, you can get like a 75, 80 inch TV for under $2,000. And I, hell, that's you don't even need to get that big of a TV. You get a 40 inch TV for $500. Go to Target. But one thing, and I say this all the time, just because you're a big name, and this was my issue with Drew Brees, when Drew Brees was signed with NBC. Like Drew Brees is a fantastic guy. Everything we'd ever seen about Drew Brees, incredible human being. And one thing, obviously on the field, he was a fantastic quarterback. But in all my years of following the NFL and just watching star players talk and communicate, I had never seen Drew Brees and and come away thinking like, you know, this guy meant for TV. Drew Brees, he'll really move the needle. Who's the best former athlete in the history of television? It's Charles Barkley. Why? Cause he does not give a shit. And part of anyone that's good at their job when you talk for a living. You gotta say some off the wall things. You have to be interesting. And when I say off the wall, you just can't worry about what other people think. Why do so many big J's, the journalists, the writers, they're not good on television? Because they're too afraid of offending anyone. They're consumed with the reaction on Twitter. Well, anyone that's good at talking, I mean, look at Coward. You think he gives a shit about Twitter? Of course not. <laughs> you know, that's Howard Stern, literally made his career by offending people. Now he's a completely different human. But when he created all his wealth, and he became so big time, it was because you never knew what he was going to say. People hated him. People loved him. And I mean, Charles Barkley, to me, the most famous thing he's ever said in like his 20 years that I've been watching him on television, is making fun of fat women at San Antonio. Because forever, San Antonio was, you know, basically like the Patriots. They were always going to the, you know, the NBA, uh, the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals. And he was talking about San Antonio a lot. And forever, he talked about the big women in San Antonio. You think anyone in their right mind would say that now? And he still says it to this day. He does not care. He is unafraid to, quote-unquote, be canceled. I don't even know if canceling really exists anymore. That's a Twitter thing. I don't really think it's a real-life thing. But here's the reality. Draymond Green has really separated himself because he's not afraid to, quote-unquote, offend anyone. Because no matter what you say in any walk of life, Some people are going to be offended. You can't be consumed with what other people are thinking about you. If you honestly have the opinion. And that's where I think Richard Sherman, and I saw him really closely when he was with the Niners, he'll just say what he thinks. And listen, I I would say that Richard Sherman, I think he's a little older than Draymond. Uh, I actually don't think he's that controversial. (laughs) You know, I mean, hearing him talk, I'm not even acting like he's going to be Charles or hell, even Draymond. But he will say what he thinks. And you see so many of these guys that go into TV and they say nothing or they say what is going to be, you know, kosher and work on Twitter. Tiny percentage of people are on there. Say what us normal people talk about in society. You know, talk like a normal person. And I I think Richard is going to be, honestly, I think he's underutilizing his skills. Same with Draymond. I, I think both guys could be fantastic GMs. I, I think both of them easily would be fantastic GMs, but you get to control your own destiny much more in in this space when you talk for a living. As a GM, you are predicated on guys getting injured, where you draft, who your coach is. So I don't blame anyone for not wanting to be a GM. Though both those two guys don't wouldn't have to start as like an area scout. You know that they would jump the line and rightfully so. But if they choose, and obviously Draymond's kind of a uh, multi-purpose guy right now for the volume. And I think Richard is slowly going to become that. Though his career, like he might not play football again, even though I saw it was reported that he's going to leave his options open. I think he's made for it. And it's it's he's remembered by a lot of older people. I think for the Revis thing, right when he was screaming to Skip ba- Skip Bayless. But honestly, he's one of the smartest players I've ever heard speak. I, I've texted with him or DM'd with him about just different players that he's been all over. He's been right. I mean, he he just knows his shit. It's just like Draymond. He is a football junkie. And I think sometimes these guys, they go into it because it's easy. And I don't think he ever got into football. And same with Draymond. And like they wanted this realm where they talk about it because it's easy. They actually like it. They actually watch football in their free time. Like if you follow Richard on social media, you know, even this year when he was injured, he would just be like tweeting about the Monday Night Football game. Like same with Draymond. Like he just watches these NBA playoff games. That's not normal. I mean, Julio Jones once said he doesn't watch any football. And honestly, he's not alone. I don't even blame him. Listen, if you don't want to watch football, I don't blame you. But I just think Richard is going to be fantastic. I think that's a really, really good hire. The irony is Tony Gonzalez, who's going to be part of it, too. I don't know if he's calling the game. I guess Kirk Herbstreit's calling the game. Maybe he's on the the crew with Richard. Is that Tony Gonzalez's ex-girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez, i I just fascinated by the story, is now dating Bezos, yet they're still really close uh, and when he got announced, I mean, he announced it at the draft about the uh, first Thursday night game, which I think is Chiefs Chargers, and she was like reposting it on Insta story. I'm just, I'm always fascinated with those relationships when you break up, but you still stay close and you run in these circles. Tony hangs out with Bezos, pretty cool. Uh, Pete Carroll and I think the Seattle Seahawks. Sometimes, and I, I have this kind of rule in life: the louder you are about like moral high horse stuff, bigger fraud. I think you are. It's why I think so many, you know, especially journalists, (laughs) the the most outspoken people on Twitter about, you know, moral stuff, I I, I think they got a lot of skeletons in their closet. The louder you get, the more I red flag you. Um, And I also think the louder you get in in pro sports, when you try to justify a pick or this guy would have got taken, you're kind of getting defensive. And usually why does any of us get defensive? Because we kind of believe whatever the criticism is coming our way. And one thing Pete Carroll said, uh, I think he said this last week, or maybe during, maybe they just had their rookie minicamp, that Drew Locke would have been the first quarterback taken in this year's draft. And in a vacuum, I don't even think he's wrong. Drew Locke coming out of college, which was three and a half years ago, more than likely, or probably, well, the Steelers were looking for an accurate player, so I don't necessarily know if they would have taken Drew Locke but he would have been in the mix right there with Kenny Pickett to be the first quarterback taken off the board. I don't disagree with him. But he's saying this because he wants the fans and he wants the outside to like truly believe that they got some diamond in the rough. And here's the problem with that, Pete, is that was a long time ago. Drew Locke is 25 years old. He's now been in the league for three years. So when you are a second-year player, like all the guys, we'll talk to OTAs, that are going into the second year... You can still hold your hat on where they were drafted, how great their prospects were coming out of college, how much upside they had. When a guy's been in the league three or four years, you know, I, I think that's a little more difficult. Now, if you wanted to justify Drew Locke, he was drafted in 19, second round player. Rookie year, whatever. Let's, let's even give him a pass. Second year, 2020, COVID. Crazy year, weird year. Give him a little bit of pass there. How about his third year? His third season? and this was a second year in the Pat Shermer offense, he could not beat out Teddy Bridgewater, who, great guy, but he's Teddy two yards. Teddy two gloves is a lifetime backup. He's not a very good quarterback when it comes to starting. Drew Locke could not beat him out. And now Drew Locke is going to go to Pete Carroll, an offense that, listen, you know, they're going to try to run the ball, use him in play action, but this notion that Drew Locke is some untapped gem feels a little bit of a stretch and I think Pete and and John and part of it is anytime you trade Russell Wilson and I don't blame them just like I don't blame Russell Wilson 10 years a long time you start hating each other you start seeing just you just you just grow tired of each other and you're it's not like you're winning championships every year the one thing with Belichick and Brady why they could just sustain over the long haul was because they were winning they were winning Super Bowls and going to championship games and losing in Super Bowls. Seattle's getting bounced in the first round. I mean, two years ago, they lost at home to the Rams and Wolford and Jared Goff. So they weren't having as much success as some of these other teams. And eventually it just came to an head and they had to get a divorce, which I understand. But as I've said over and over, when you trade a quarterback who is the greatest player in the history of your franchise and more you know, more likely than not, is going to have a couple good years in Denver. You're going to lose the transaction. And deep down, they know it. So they have to keep saying things like, he would have been the number, you know, he would have been the first quarterback in this draft. Who cares, Pete? He's been in the league for three seasons. Like, I, you know, if Debo Samuel was in this draft, he would have been the first wide receiver off the board. You, you know, if I, if I could put Nick Bosa in this draft, he would have been the number one overall pick. Who gives a shit? This is this is based on guys that were drafted years ago. And I, I think they're very defensive right now because they know. I think Seattle's going to be really, really bad. I mean, I, I think there's a chance they win four or five games. It's going to be a debacle. And in a weird way, they know it. Now, part of being a coach, part of being an executive, part of being a general manager is you know having false hope. Denial might be the wrong way to put it. But you gotta stay positive. So I don't I don't blame them for putting on their positive blinders, but it's gonna be a debacle. And there's just no way once the season goes and you're two and six or you're three and six or your seven, your season finishes seven and ten that you can justify this to people, especially if Russell and the Broncos are in the playoffs. You know, and when and when I say justify to people, make it look like you were right too. Like it's okay. You had to have a divorce. I think we all acknowledge that. But you got to stop trying to defend the move. you just kind of got to let it be and take the arrows as they come. OTAs is right around the corner. And I was always taught this in the league that second-year players take the biggest jump. Because if you think about it, this first, you know, their rookie season, uh, you know, they have their season ends. Then they start training for the Combine. Then the combine happens. Then they go to their pro day. And then they take all the visits. And by the time they get drafted, a week later, they're in rookie mini camp. And then you got OTAs for 45 days. So by the time they get to the summer, I mean, they just got to be wiped out. They're exhausted. Then the season starts. They're trying to get playing time. They're trying to survive. You know, they're trying to get, be a starter. And once they become a starter or rotational player, they're just trying to make plays, keep their head above water. A lot's going on. And I I don't, you know, for every Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Nick Bosa, most guys are up and down as rookies, which is understandable. Think about the first time you ever get a job when you're young, right? When you're 22, 23, 24, whatever, hired out of college. It's intense. Like you're learning new things. you're, You're around older people. There's just a lot going on. You're just trying to figure it out. And by a year in, if you've lasted a year in your job, you become a lot more comfortable. You know where to, you know, you're just confident when you walk into the the office in the morning or when you interact with clients or sales calls or whatever. The longer you do something, the more confident and comfortable you get because through experience, that's how, you know, improves the wrong word, but just feel more capable in your abilities. And listen, the second year jump is a real thing for the majority of players. Because you come into OTAs, you are, for all the teams that have coaches that are returning, you know the scheme, you know what's asked of you, and who knows? You know, it's no different than in college. When guys graduate or guys go pros, a lot of guys that redshirted become starters. And that spring is kind of where they establish themselves. Now, the difference between college and the pros is in college, in spring practice, they wear pads. In the pros, they do not because of the union and everything. But you do, like, it's probably not as crazy as even it was five, six years ago, but they're still pretty high-speed reps, you know? You can really separate yourself and hone in on your craft. And then for the older guys, like, iron, sharp and iron. So you don't... The one thing with football, I can go train, do squats, do all this stuff with personal trainer, but there's nothing like getting a live rep against my starting cornerback if I'm a wide receiver or getting a live just pass rush rep if I'm a guard against my starting defensive tackle. Right, or if I'm my quarterback repping with my wide receivers against a seven-on-seven situation where there are linebackers and defensive backs out there. It's it's much more real than just throwing with me and a wide receiver somewhere in Los Angeles or Texas or Florida. It is very important. And then for the programs with new coaches, right, the Jags, the Giants, uh, you know, you go around. I'm trying to think who else fired coaches. I don't even know. Uh, I guess Tampa. And, you know, Houston somewhat have some carryover. But any coach with new coaches or new coordinators, the Raiders, this is a time where you put in the scheme, where you teach people the fundamentals. You can't go to AP Calculus until you learn algebra and basic math, right? To know what to do in November against cover two in third down situation in your offense, you have to learn the basis of the offense, you know, in... May, in June, and then early on in training camp. Because anytime once we get to training camp, what do coaches always say? We reinstall that first week. Just the basic elements of our offense or defense. So as we grow, as camp goes on before the season, we re-hit on all the basics. And for everyone that plays for McVay or plays for Shanahan or Andy Reid, this is just getting back into the swing of things. But if I'm playing for Josh McDaniels or I'm playing for Doug Peterson or I'm playing for Brian Dayball... I have to learn what they expect of me. One, just the expectations of, when I say a meeting's at 8.30, can you roll in at 8.31? Like, is are we on Tom Coughlin time? What is the expectation of speed at practice? What is the expectations in meetings? And listen, even if you do have some of these carryover coaches, which a lot of the league has, a lot of these coaches got new coach, you know, new assistant coaches. So what does my position coach expect of me? Because listen, we're all humans. Not every position coach is going to be the same, even if I go from a tight end coach to a tight end coach. That guy might teach something dramatically different. That guy might be way more lax at a certain area in a meeting where the other guy was a stiff, or vice versa. So I, I think this time is a great learning tool. It's also, a, in a weird way, a nice, easy, relaxed environment relative to football. Uh, it's usually three or four-day weeks, scouts included. You know, It's more nine-to-five-y. And you're just kind of feeling each other out. It is truly the onboarding process for new coaches, for new players, for young players. And then for the older veterans, it's about them honing their skills so they can take it right in, do the off, you know, that summer break, maintain their level of fitness, and then come back for training camp and hit the ground running. But this is not just some blow it off fuck around time, but it's much more relaxed than training camp. When training camp starts, Sun up till sundown, eat, breathe, sleep football. This is like you'll see teams will go to local NHL games, local playoff games, they'll be playing golf. It actually has a lot of team bonding elements to it where you're spending time together, no different with the front office and the coaches. I remember when I was with the Eagles, we used to go to baseball games during the week as a as a staff, have some beers, play some games, fuck around. And it, it's a very good time to really get to know each other. Because the other thing in football Whether it's the scouting department, whether it's the coaching staff, and definitely the players, there is just a ton of turnover every single year. The majority of teams don't come back, same scouts, same coaches, same players. Most teams have some new coaches, some new executives, and definitely some new players. You get to know each other, and the better you can get to know each other, the easier the season is, which is really what this time is for. For, you know, honing in the operation so we can try to win games in the fall. I mean, that's the whole goal of this entire thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. OTAs probably get going in the next week or two. Every team will be on the field. And, uh, you know, fun time to just see how the rookies are doing. I don't make that much of great play or poor play. But I I, I do understand if you're there as a reporter you know, getting excited. Like, it's okay to get excited for players. Now, that doesn't mean it necessarily translates to training camp because what happens in training camp? You put on pads. And then even if you excel in training camp practices, well, how do you do in the preseason games? And then You do well in the preseason games. Well, how's it going to go with the uh, regular season games? So there are all these kind of benchmarks you're just looking to clear. And, uh, yeah, and hope everything is positive and you don't have any injuries. So remember, if you haven't yet, DM me at John Middlecoff. Slide up into those DMs. Share the podcast with your friends. Subscribe to the 3 and Out podcast. And uh, I'll see you. If you like the golf podcast, I'll see you Wednesday. Like the football podcast, see you Friday. Let's keep rocking and rolling. Adios. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast. only on the Volumes Podcast
2: Network.
1: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes
2: like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like whoa. And hmm, not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.